Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Well, it's so great to be here with you this morning. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Eden. I coordinate the Life Kids program. And it's a pleasure to be able to come and share with you this morning from the Word. And uh, I've been blessed to have such incredible leaders in Nicole and Steve Mark. And so can we just really honour them and thank them right now? Pastor Colin, Steve, we love you. We're just so thankful for all that you do for this church community. And uh, thank you for entrusting me uh, this morning to share the word. And so who is Jesus Christ to you? The past couple of weeks, uh, we've had Pastor Karen come and speak to us. Uh, a really great message. And she unpacked who Jesus is through the lens of the Gospel yeah. of John. And yeah, she spoke about the statements uh, that Jesus proclaims about who he is in this particular Gospel. And at the end, there was a list of statements, and they were things like, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, uh, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the light. So these statements that Jesus made himself about who he is. And she really challenged us to you know, consider those statements and, and how we can declare that over our lives in 2019. And then Pastor Nicole last week spoke about the power of Jesus and the importance of knowing who we are and whose we are. And not just as the body of Christ, uh, but who it is for us personally uh, as individuals. This is really important. And so you can see a theme happening here. Uh, we're talking about Jesus, who He is, and that's yep. flowing into our Life Kids programs as well this year. We're awesome. focusing on, on Jesus Christ. Who is yep. Jesus? And so what has good. He done for us? And what does that mean? And so there are often characteristics of Jesus that we connect to, usually through maybe our life experiences, perhaps through different seasons. There are aspects of who He is that we really uh, just engage with. And so two words that resonate with me uh, would be healing and comfort. Uh, healing because I've experienced the healing power of Jesus and I've seen that healing happen for other people. And comfort because I've discovered that there is nothing like being in the presence of God and being embraced by Jesus. Yeah, there is something right. about that that just transcends what we can even really comprehend or understand. Yeah, so good. How about you? You know, what words or images do you get as you think about Jesus, and perhaps you're here today, and to be honest, you don't know how Jesus fits into your world. You're not even really sure who Jesus is. Well, I pray that today starts that, that process for you. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read the story of Jesus, and each tell it in a way that connects to the audience that they're primarily writing to, and yeah. highlighting particular aspects of who Jesus is. Is. And so Luke's gospel portrays Jesus as the saviour of all people. And we have uh, John's gospel highlights the son, Jesus as the son of the living God. And the gospel of Mark focuses on Jesus as the suffering servant. And when we look at the gospel of Matthew, which is primarily for a Jewish audience, we see an overarching theme of Jesus the Messiah, uh, the king, foretold right. in the Old Testament. Yeah. And in Matthew's right. Gospel, there is this account of a centurion, a soldier, who comes to Jesus, and there is this powerful exchange. And so I invite you to turn uh, in your Bibles or on your device to Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 5. 
25. And at this point, Jesus has just delivered the Sermon on the Mount, and these large crowds have been following him. Now, I'm a, a school chaplain, for those of you that don't know, and I know that after a couple of days at camp, I'm kind of over the crowds of children following me. <laughs> uh, what time is it? Miss Eden, what are we doing next? And I'm about to embark on that next week, so please pray for me. <laughs> but Jesus, these large, large crowds are following him. Large, large crowds. And we read in the first few verses of chapter 8 uh, of Jesus laying his hands on a man who had leprosy and healing him. And so Matthew 8, starting at verse 5. The faith of a centurion. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus said to the centurion, Go! Let it be done just as you believed it would. Wow, and the servant was healed yeah. at that moment. So good. Wow, it's incredible. And at a surface level, we can read passages like this and see an example of somebody uh, living with bold faith and believing in the power of Jesus to perform miracles. And after all, as it is entitled, The Faith of the Centurion. Mm. And it's not a bad place to start to consider the faith of the centurion display and how we too are called to believe, to put our faith in him believe in his healing power. I think to leave it at this level though, we're kind of missing out on so much more that this passage has to offer. So today my message isn't really centred around uh, the faith of the centurion, it's centred around the person that he comes to and that is Jesus Christ. Wow, great. And so as I mentioned earlier, Matthew's gospel carries this theme of Jesus as king and not just any king but the one prophesied king, the fulfillment of the promises of God found in the Old Testament. So how does this view of Jesus as king change the way we interpret it, interpret and read passages like this one? How does it impact us as Christians today living in a secular society? And so this centurion who comes to Jesus, he was a military officer in charge of around 100 men, and centurions were generally promoted from common ranks over many years of service. And so these were not timid men. I mean, they had military prowess, they were known for their achievements on the battlefield, and their physicality alone would have commanded attention. And so this centurion would have been reasonably wealthy, and it's evident he commanded the respect of those under his authority, because Mm. he says to Jesus in verse 9, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Yeah. Uh, at, at the, in the last week of term last year, uh, the first day of that week, 
Uh, I've been working with a boy, let's call him Johnny, uh, throughout the year, and Johnny was a really stubborn little fella, and he was having some <laughs> problems going into the classroom, but this particular day, he, re- he was really having a problem, and the receptionist came to me and she said, Eden, Johnny's back, he's in the front office, and he's refusing to go to class, and so I'm thinking, okay, maybe work with this, back in my mind, I'm also thinking, had all these things planned, and now it's just all gone out the window, and I'm going to have to try and get Johnny into class. And so I tried everything with this kit for probably about 45 minutes. Oh. I, I tried all the things you can think of, you know, the soft approach, gentle nurturing, you know, what's going on, kind of trying to find out why he didn't want to go into class. And I tried bribery. Let's uh, uh, do this activity first. We can do this together and then we can go into the classroom. Or, mate, they're doing some really great things in there. Don't you want to be in there? And I also tried to firm, you know, we are going into that classroom. I even contemplated taking him on the chair inside the classroom, but I thought maybe that wouldn't look so good. So I can't say that I've got that yet with Johnny, got this centurion had with his, uh, with his soldiers. He, he clearly also had respect for the authority he answered to, yeah. uh, because he says, I myself am a man under authority. And so here we have this prominent soldier, a Gentile, a person in position of authority himself. He's coming to Jesus to ask for healing, and not even for himself, but for his servant. Yeah. How did he know about Jesus? How had news got to him about this Nazarene, a carpenter, who was teaching things like, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. A man who laid hands on the sick and they would heal. Did the yeah. centurion think, yeah, this guy sounds kind of good, I might give it a go kind of thing. Was it a case of simple curiosity or desperation that would compel him to go to Jesus? Maybe, but then he addresses Jesus as Lord. Lord, he says, Mm. my servant lies at home paralyzed and in suffering, terrible suffering. This is significant. The centurion seems to have had a personal revelation of who Jesus is. Is and the audience that this is being written for are mainly Jewish, and this is an account of a Gentile coming to Jesus. And so Matthew is clearly establishing the kingship of Jesus. And there are several aspects to this uh, kingship of Jesus that this exchange really highlights. And the first is that Jesus is the supreme authority. He is the supreme authority. Well, as a society, we seem to be becoming... Uh, less and less comfortable with this word authority. Yeah. Uh, we seem to be more distrusting of people mm. in authority, and sometimes there are valid reasons for that. You know, over the years there are people uh, in positions of authority who have abused that power. But we hear various messages these days, don't we? Like, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> Speak your own truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they seem to tell us to be the own authority. Yeah. So right. true, yeah. The problem is when we view authority outside a biblical worldview, or we're trying to be the authority of our own life, we're left with an alternative that is fueled by pride and self-importance and selfish Come on. something that doesn't really satisfy. That's yeah. true. Right. Come on. Preach so this centurion had a clear understanding of authority as an under authority and in authority. But there was a profound realization in his own life that there was an even greater authority, a supreme yeah. authority found in the person of Jesus Christ. And that was vastly different to what the world had seen up unto that point. Yes. And this is what led him to search Jesus out. The centurion saw Jesus as his supreme authority. He saw him as 
king, the one king. So he comes to Jesus with this need. And Jesus responds in verse 7, Shall I come and heal him? Jesus is not trying to manipulate or coerce him. He's reaching out with grace and truth. He's involving the centurion in the press. Shall I come and heal him? He's asking him a question. Jesus, as the supreme authority, he doesn't force anything on us, but he's continually reaching out to us mm. with his grace and his love to meet us where we are yeah, at. That's that right. is incredible. Yeah, that's and so the centurion, he submitted his authority, his position, his pride to the authority and lordship of Jesus yeah. Christ. He brings before Jesus this need. And notice that he brings a need and not a demand. Wow. He's not treating Jesus like a vending machine. Ooh. He has the faith that Jesus can respond to his need, but he has the revelation that it's not really about the need, but the one that he's coming to. Yeah, yeah keep great. going. You just go. Sometimes we allow ourselves to become burdened and overwhelmed with our needs. We feel sorry for ourselves to the point Sorry, they just where we neglect our relationship with Jesus. We neglect that relationship with Jesus. Instead of bringing our needs to Jesus and trusting in His authority, that space, we complain about it to our family, our friends, or on social media. Ooh. <laughs> you go there. <laughs> we need to surrender our needs again. Mm the authority and lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. So verse 7, Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? Centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. The centurion recognizes his unworthiness in light of Jesus' authority, while also recognizing that in Jesus there is power. He's saying, You don't even need to come to my home, Jesus. You don't need to physically touch my servant. Just say the word and my servant will be instantly well. No longer paralyzed. No longer suffering. No longer in pain. Just say the word. That's incredible. Centurion is validating that Jesus is the supreme power. Mm. Jesus is the supreme power. This is bold faith on display, right? I mean, he wholeheartedly believed that the servant would be healed by Jesus' words alone. He recognized the power that Jesus carries as the Son of God, that he says to Jesus, you can heal my servant. Mm. Just say the word. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes. We can become numb to this reality. What are you doing that is stopping or hindering the supreme power of Jesus to be outworked to its greatest effectiveness in your life? Mm. And there are two areas that I felt the Holy Spirit impressed upon me in this way, and one is unbelief. Unbelief suffocates our faith when we don't address it. And often it has a root of disappointment. And if we let that fester, we become bitter. It's like, you know, biting on a lemon. So, oh, it's just bitter. And it stifles the power of Jesus in our lives. And, and there are people here today that God is calling afresh to exercise those faith muscles, to let go of the disappointments, to forgive, and to declare again who Jesus is. He is the supreme yes. power of your life. Yeah. And the second is distraction. Let's be honest, there are many things that distract us day to day, and particularly in our technology-driven, fast-paced society. 
And those distractions can cause a gap between us and our relationship with Jesus if we're not aware of the tactics of the enemy. The enemy doesn't want us to be living with the power of Jesus. He'll do anything to drain that power source from our lives. Because if the enemy can distract us for long enough, we can become cut off from our power source. Yes. So what is distracting you? Can you make slight changes in habits that you have currently? This is for me too, because we are all distracted. We get distracted in life and we take our focus often. So maybe it's choosing to not look at your phone first thing, your phone notifications first thing in the morning and instead using that first part of your day to talk to God, to pray to Him, to read the Word. Great. Maybe it's getting to your workplace that little bit earlier, praying over it, praying over your office, praying for your co-workers. Instead of scrolling through Instagram and Facebook just before you go to bed, maybe it's choosing a devotion from the hundreds that are available on the YouVersion Bible app. I don't want to stifle or hinder the power of Jesus from working in and through my life. No, that's so right. So it's important that I am, that we are proactive in this process. Think of it like power in, power out. Yeah, Recognizing what might so be stopping good. or hindering the power, his power, and mm. building healthy habits into our world. Mm. And I've already mentioned a, a couple of ideas, but we might just go and look at some others. It could be setting aside regular time to pray. Maybe prayer is something you really struggle with. You're not sure what to even say. I pray, praise and thankfulness is a great place to start. Come on. Uh, you so know, Jesus, good. I yeah. thank you. Jesus, I worship you. So Jesus, good. I love you. Just starting with those really basic but so important sentences of praise and declaration of your gratitude to him for all he's done. Maybe start with five minutes. I'm going to do that. Five minutes every single day for a week or more, and then you just take it up a notch. I'm going to do it now for six, eight, ten minutes. And increase it, and yeah. you'll find that your faith muscles will grow as you do that. It could be spending regular time in His Word. And again, this doesn't mean you know, having to read masses of Scripture you know, at once and expecting to understand it all. It could just be one verse. Pastor Nicole shared last week uh, the verse from 2 Timothy. You know, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. And so maybe it's that verse and you just speak that over your life. And, and so you just see things shift in that space. Joining a connect group this year. That's great. Uh, serving the church. You know, there's supernatural power as we come together as a community of believers. And so what place space can you serve in this year in 2019? If you're married here, perhaps it's setting aside time to pray with your spouse, read the Bible together. Mm. These are just some of the things that create space where we can be filled afresh with His supreme power because we need... Jesus, and even more than that, the world needs Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I want to have a disposition within myself that yes, there is power in the name of Mm. Jesus. I want to have a determination that I am going to create space for His supreme power to be activated in and through my life. I want to see the supreme power of Jesus working Mm. in my life, my family, my friends, my workplace, my church, my school. The power of heaven in Jesus now alive in us. Now alive in us, it's not like he's just gone and we have nothing. No, we have Jesus living inside of us, his power, his authority. And so through his death and resurrection, that's what we have inherited. And so come on, church, in 2019, let's see his supreme power 
activated in our lives. It's yeah, practically, practically at work our faith. Yeah. Well, Jesus responds to the faith of the centurion. I'm going to read this verse again in the Amplified Version. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many Gentiles will come from east and west and will sit down to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven because they accepted me as saviour. While the sons and heirs of the kingdom, the descendants of Abraham, who will not recognise me as Messiah, will be thrown into, out into the outer darkness, in that place which is furthest removed from the kingdom. There will be weeping and sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth and distress and anger. So on one level, this is quite confronting. Yeah. Uh, Jesus here is addressing the religious leaders and it does serve as a warning to us today though. Now, we can have all the head knowledge about Christianity. We can know the theology behind it all and yet miss what it's really about. That Jesus is the King, the Messiah, who has come to save us from our sins, that we can have a personal relationship with Him. This is the purpose. So on one level, yes, there's some confronting words here. But on another level, there's a lot of encouragement in these words that Jesus is speaking. And this highlights the most pivotal aspect of the kingship of Jesus, and that is that Jesus is the supreme saviour of all. The supreme saviour of all. Verse 11, I say to you that many Gentiles will come from east and west and will sit down down to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven because they accepted me as saviour. Jesus is speaking here of the salvation of all. He's saying that he has come not just to say one person or one group of people, the Israelites, but he's come to save all humankind, people from all nations, Mm. all backgrounds, everybody. This one Gentile centurion symbolizes the promises of the many Gentiles who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, we experience the blessings of an intimate relationship with God. We get to know him as our king, a personal Saviour who knows us better than anyone. We get to take part in the feast, the messianic banquet of his promises. Who, me? But I'm so broken. I'm not worthy of love. I've messed up. You're in good company then. We have all fallen short. As humans, we are sinful, selfish, Prideful, lustful. But we have a supreme Saviour who came to take that sin, your sin, my sin upon Himself, being broken on a rugged cross to the point of being unrecognisable. And He did it to bridge the gap that our sin is created between us and Him. Jesus made a way for us to have a personal relationship with God that is eternal. A relationship where we can enjoy the blessings of His promises. He came for all of us, not just one of us, for every Mm. single person here today. He came for us. Jesus is our King. He's our King. He's the Lord of Lords. There is no other like Him. And He is is a game changer. 
He changes your life. He transforms it. And it's not just in that moment when we're saved, but He would actually walk with us and mm. continually help us and yeah. change us and make us into more into His image. Uh, to me, this is just incredible. The love of Jesus that pursues us relentlessly. Yeah. But you and I can be fully assured that as our King and our Supreme Saviour, that His supreme authority, that His supreme power is released to work in and through us yeah. as we put our faith and our trust in Him. This is incredible. Mm. So amazing that He would do this for us. Can I get you all to just stand for a moment? Can I have the bands come up as well? If you feel comfortable, I'd like you to close your eyes right now and and lift your hands. And, and this is not for my benefit. We're lifting our hands to our King. And so lift your hands in this place. Matthew 8, verse 13. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believe that it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. There is transformation that happens as we have moments with our Saviour. There is healing for you. There is power for you, strength for you, grace, revelation, wisdom, clarity, peace, joy, hope. It starts with us in our hearts. What needs can you bring and surrender in faith to the King of Kings this morning? What can you entrust? To him afresh. What do you need to believe again for? Jesus makes a way. He is sufficient for all our needs. He is enough. And he's calling us today to let go. Let go of our pride, our agenda, our disappointments, our hurt, our pain. Because we need more of Jesus. We need to let faith rise. Let it rise right now within you. Let a supreme authority and power flow in and through us. You know, this week I, I had an image of a set of uh, balancing, balancing scales. And I saw these scales were leaning heavily to one side. And the scales were not level because they were heavily weighed, weighed down. One side had all the weights. And I felt that this represented some people here today. You feel like the scale that's heavily weighted down on one side. And, and I saw that as people brought their needs to Jesus, that, that those scales became level, that Jesus has come to level out that in our lives which is weighing us down. You've got to know that if you're in that place today, that Jesus is sufficient, that there is victory for you, and there is nothing, nothing on heaven and earth that can stand against His supreme authority and power. Is there a particular distraction you've identified that is hindering his power to work effectively in and through your life? Are there habits that you can adjust, change, or start putting into practice? Make a decision today to do something about it. Don't leave here the same way that you came in. We are called to put action to our faith, not just to be hearers, but doers of the word. And so step by step, you know, don't try to tackle it all at once. He just wants you to start with one thing, one change that you can make. And let him work on that in that with you. And, and then you'll, you'll find you'll be able to go to the next level and then the next level. Let faith rise. Let it 
that stir within you this morning. So Jesus, we stand here today with arms raised and we're crying out for more of you, Jesus, because we need you, Jesus. We need your supreme authority and power in our lives. And so where we are lacking, where we feel weak be our strength, and where we are broken, God, would you repair, would you repair the broken pieces, put us together again. Where we are distracted, bring focus. Where we feel doubt and fear, Lord, let your peace reign. And so God, come right now, Jesus. I can see you're breaking things off people's lives. Those scales that have been heavily weighing down, they're becoming level in the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Your power, your authority. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He loves you. He is for you, not against you. There are people going to walk from here today and your life is going to look different because today you surrendered to the Lordship and Kingship of Jesus. You surrendered to His power and His authority. So watch. See His miracles take place in your life. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated, church. I wonder if you know Jesus personally as your Saviour. I wonder if you can say that Jesus is your king. I was eight years old when I made the decision to follow Jesus. I'm so glad that I did. And I've never looked back. It was the best decision I've ever made and it, it will continue to be the best decision I've ever made. And because of Jesus, I have forgiveness of sin, purpose for my life, a peace that surpasses my human understanding. I can be secure in my own skin. The list goes on. Jesus is the game changer. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.